Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Right, sons, everybody, and welcome back to Disney Plus Us, the weekly version where we're talking about exclusive shows on that their Disney Plus streaming service. I'm one of your hosts, Griffin Tonell, Griffy D Pad, and with me, as always, is the fantastic and wonderful Mr. Mitch George. How's it going? We got episode three going on in episode three. How about that? This is going to be great. And with us for this series, knowing wonderful things about Star Wars and being far too obsessed with pod racing. Nick, how you doing tonight? Another happy landing. He's just upset because there was no pod racing references in this episode. Listen, I'm going to be upset for a while. I've, I've chosen that I'm, I've, I've figured out that I'm just going to be upset for a while. Maybe, maybe we get some stuff, but you know. I, I imagine that the next time you will see pod racing, Star Wars Visions Season 2. Maybe. That was what I thought. Star Wars Vision Season 1 would have it. Anyways. It got close. Uh, it got real, got real, real close. In terms of pod racing, I am Obi-Wan in this series. I am punished Obi-Wan uh, <laughs> when it comes to pod racing in this area. And I, I listen, I feel like I'm going to be that way for a while. Just saying. Remember, folks, a couple, couple pieces of housekeeping before we start. First off, it is June. So happy Pride. Enjoy it. Happy Pride. Celebrate. This month rocks. Second off, remember, this is full spoilers for all of Star Wars. We are not leaving anything off the table, taking anything off the table, because so much can be theorized when it comes to Star Wars. Full spoilers for all of Star Wars, you have been warned. With that, what'd y'all think of episode three? That fucking stormtrooper got chopped in half by a fence, and oh my god! I audibly had my mouth agape. My jaw dropped. Like, oh, Deborah Chow's going there. I'm about this. Oh, man. Like, I want to know, like, exactly how traumatized Leia's going to be by the end of this episode. Or not by this episode. By the end of the series. We know where she ends up at the end of this episode, so it's not getting any better. (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah. Nothing years of therapy can't fix. Or, you know, just becoming a senator and an intergalactic tug of war between good and evil for the next 15 to 500 years. Hey, at least she doesn't know that this is her father that is kind of behind all of this. Which it's kind of, this is the closest that Leia and Vader have been ever at this point in the timeline, right? Cause he yeah. wasn't there when she was born. Like this is the first time they've been on the same planet. I mean, which just boggles my mind. Even more than that. He doesn't even know that he has a kid. Nonetheless, too. Well, yeah. he doesn't know that his kids survived, oh, yeah, to true. be fair. Yeah, he knew that while well, he didn't. He, he doesn't really become aware of Luke until he, he becomes Force-sensitive, right? didn't know he had two kids. I mean, maybe in the Force somewhere he did, but... He's had visions. Yeah. Just like Obi-Wan has visions here, and we see Anakin just standing at the edge of a cliff like, oh, they go in places, and I'm about this. Dude, that moment was just sent chills up my spine. It was so good. I, I love this broken Obi-Wan that we have here where he's just so traumatized by the past. And you see it in every scene with with Ewan McGregor and his expression. It's beyond fantastic. And I'm so glad that we got it here right here right now. Well, I it's think been so good. I think what's so good is the fact that, you know, it, it really makes sense that this is punished Obi-Wan, that, that he is 
the cynical person that he is because we see him of course i mean more often the clone wars we see him you know the the he's the general and yeah yeah but he's like a quippy you know fun loving you know smart ass having a good time with war kind of um making the best of a bad situation where now he's kind Uh of at a point where it's catching up with him right a hundred percent and like and seeing that at the end of or seeing that in revenge of the sith and seeing him still be that you know like the so uncivilized and all that um watching him break by the end of that movie though a hundred percent and then he becomes the cynical obi-wan it's just like this thing that i believed in from day one was is now just it's it's it didn't it failed me and i failed it and on on the highest level because obviously he feels responsible a lot of or in a lot of ways for vader's existence um and the which fall, he didn't order. know like he doesn't know until the end of episode two that vader survived mm-hmm. either right yeah. so it's it's dealing with that trauma resurfacing and, and how does that affect him and his psyche and where he is right now in the grand scheme of his journey in, in, in the wars of star. And yep. it's, it's just, I'm, I'm happy we're getting this. I'm disappointed. It's half over. Cause yep. I want more of this ex- exploratory self reflection in this journey of rediscovering who you are or maybe the opposite of he really doesn't know what he's doing because he looks really bad in any of the action scenes, but it kind of makes sense as a step between where he was in episode three of star Wars, not episode three of the show um, revenge of the Sith to what we got in a new hope, because at that point he just like the fighting looks bad and it's starting to look that way here. But I wonder if that's in character. I think it's more off because he's shut himself off from the force. You know, like he, he made mentioned in the beginning of the episode to where it's like when Leia asks, what's the force like? And he's like, do you, do you know, being afraid of the dark, it's like turning on the light. That's such a powerful yet kind of cheesy line. Uh, but it is where he is right now because he's, he's just in the like, dark. I, everything that I have had to use, to at my disposal is just gone and if there's anything you know hunting me inquisitors uh that you know may come into contact with it's not happening you know the i'm sure the first time we like he's used the force in 10 years has been with leia stopping her fall and that's i don't know they're he's giving us such powerful moments and i think that this this show is showing us, you know, how Obi-Wan gets to this wise, you know, still kind of cynical, but but almost mysterious. Like, again, much like Yoda is, where he becomes, like, where he's this grand master uh, in the prequels, and by, you know, by Empire, he's just like, oh, you know, like, I'm trying to get your little uh, sausages or whatever it is out of R2, you know. the wacky, crazy old man. Exactly. So, and I think like the one thing that I think is so well that I actually noted is the fact that where this Obi-Wan in the series is the most cynical, you know, punished um, Obi-Wan that we've seen. Leia is the new hope. Leia is that hope that is going between Obi-Wan and breaking, breaking down his cynicism. And being like, no, 
you're just sitting here doing nothing and you just think that the world is out to get you listen we can make it better we're trying to make it better and he's kind of given up he's given up i mean he has that line that um bail organa is is trying to make things better that that he's trying he's 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 doing the things that hopefully will lead to a recovery but he's not hopeful and he doesn't have that way his one job quote unquote is to watch these kids you know like watch the two children of the chosen one and you know it's 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 definitely hard for him uh kind of adjusting to normal life the the interesting thing too is if you think of it from obi-wan's perspective or yoda or bail organa whoever they know that anakin was meant to be the one to bring balance to the force but they don't know like that balance might not have been him. He's part of a legacy that will inevitably bring balance to the force, or at least to some extent. Right. And they're like Luke and Leia are literally their, their last hope because they are, as far as they know, the lineage of the Skywalker and they got to keep them safe. So like this whole journey makes sense. If you think that they're at that point, it would be nice if we got a little bit of that exposition and their understanding of, well, Anakin was, the one to bring balance to the force, but maybe it was Anakin's actions getting us to where we're going. That will inevitably do that in the grand scheme of the universe. You think existential crises and all that jazz. And I feel like that's kind of where Ben's at in this series of just, he doesn't want anything to do with this anymore because he knows what he's done or what evils he's wrought on the galaxy by going down the path he has with, with Anakin and, and everything and how that went. So it's really interesting to see that way on Obi-Wan in this show. And I'm glad that we're getting six hours of this and not, oh yeah, we're making an Obi-Wan movie like the solo movie. And we all know how that turned out. Yeah. I think we're seeing it in a really interesting way in this episode as well. I mean, obviously you see it within like the interactions with him and Leia or even later with Tala who stole the show for me. I love this character. Um, yeah, she was actually she was actually I looked it up. She was meant to be the love interest in the first writings of the scripts. Yeah, like could, a, a love interest. You could kind of see it there a little bit. Mm-hmm. I I personally I hope they don't go down that route because I don't think every I, one of these. Stories it doesn't sound interest. like. Yeah, it doesn't sound like. In fact, um, when the actress was talking about uh, playing that character and the the initial scripts, uh, she said that yeah, we kind of came to the conclusion that that's how women are portrayed in a lot of popular media is just like the, the love interest or the, you know, and making her character more than that. And there are some things that, that she said that I think would have deepened her character where like she was a survivor from X, Y, or Z. Um, but the, uh, I think that what they went with overall is, is, is good. And like kind of, I think what's so great about that scene in general too is you're seeing Leia. Leia is seeing the spark of the rebellion in front of her eyes and is taking notes and is is definitely um, being I mean, like, oh, okay, like you're something I can, you're someone I can look up to and be like, oh, this is something that I want to continue. It's a couple of little things within that scene of like how Tala holsters her gun. That's how Leia ends up holstering her gun and like the little things are like oh she's gonna be a great fighter like oh yeah you have no idea Uh i just i I also want to just give a little credit here to dave filoni and john favreau and deborah chow and anyone involved with casting star wars over the last three or four years because 
bringing in as many actors that they have from the House of Dorne from Game of Thrones is just Chef's kiss because Erdino, it, uh, Indira Var- Barma, I can't word tonight. I'm sorry. The actress we're we're talking about here that played Tala was um, what's her name? Uh, Ilaria Sand of Dorne in Game of Thrones, and then of course Pedro Pascal playing Oberyn Martell in that same series. And we all know what he's done with Mando. So please give me more. They're so good. Bringing it back though to the early part, one of my favorite things with like Obi-Wan's cynicism in particular is I love how this episode simultaneously proves him right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And it, with this great scene with, uh, with, uh, with Fletch, which was one of my favorite things in Star Wars that we've seen in Star Wars from like this era of the Republic. It's like, you know, like at, at first, Fletch seems like this real nice dude. Like, I think it's actually Freck. Freck, sorry, but no, even okay. then, his Ooh. like his voice, he's so he's so happy, and then you get that turn and you see the Empire logo. On he's the a back sympathizer of, of the Empire. Yeah, who is voiced by and played by in the suit? Zach Braff. He dis- I didn't know until after I, that it was Zach Braff. I, I couldn't. I couldn't hear it. I would be honest with you. So people said it was Seth Rogen. I'm like, oh, that kind of makes sense. But what I thought was John Ratzenberger. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I thought I was like, oh, yeah. That would have been good. Know? Yeah. It's the Underminer. Also, where was Freck on J- January 6th? That's that's not an original thought. Not, no. Well, no, like, I see that coming around a lot. And I was like, yeah. they knew what the parallels of this were. They knew what they were going for. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was just, it's its such a perfect showing of, like, that state within the Empire, though. Of like, yeah, there are going to be people that agree with the Empire. They're not going to be good I mean, people. All, also, just that, that turn, that moment where they walk around the back and he sees the Empire logo, and we're like, oh, shit's about to hit the fan. Like, this is not going to end well for... Uh, Luna and I don't remember. Don't or, Orden. And then him with the stormtroopers there and he calls her Leia. It's like, that's not her name. That's not what you said her name was. And they're so dumb to believe, oh yeah, that was my wife's name. My bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the stormtroopers are just stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, Freck wasn't though, taking them immediately to that outpost where we get that crazy ass scene of the stormtrooper getting cut in half. Yeah, so wild. Such, such a great fight. Uh, also, I just want to say uh, to earlier uh, when uh, when Obi Wan says that that's not how this work. That's how the Force works. And is that going to become the new? I I've got a bad feeling about this because we've seen two Star Wars properties where that has been brought up. I hope so. I love. That I, I love it. I love just call like because. Unless you watch things like Clone Wars or Rebels, you don't really we, like you don't know the whole context of the Force. Just like yeah, they can make shit move, and if they're bad, they make lightning. But there's mm-hmm. there's way more to it than that, which we got to explore a little bit in knowing that other Jedi survived the Purge, and that Quinlan Voss had been through this underground Jedi railroad, and Nick's got his hand up. I, we needed to talk about this so bad. So. Uh, again, I say we're getting Quinlan Voss, and he's going to be played by O'Shea Jackson. A hundred percent, it's just happened. That would make sense, and then he gets a spinoff. Mm-hmm. So I'm along those lines. I'm just saying, this is coming up in in uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. 
this yeah. path has to come up in Jedi mm-hmm. Survivor. Which is why, and I'm sticking to my guns. I said it. Yeah, I said it in the last episode. I'll say it again here. Cal Kestis will appear in the Obi Wan series. There's 120. No percent There's no reason. There's no reason, but it'll happen anyway. They name drop Quinlan Voss. It's not going to be Quinlan Voss that pops up. It's going to be, be Cal motherfucking Kestis with Quinlan Voss. Look, there is no reason yeah. for Luke to show up in the Mandalorian. <laughs> we can have yeah, anything. Yeah, but that's more. That's more like makes sense because there's not anything that's establishing that. Where I think like Cal Kestis would be too much. I don't. I very much one when she when uh, Tala says that they're working with a pilot i thought it was going to be han and i'm like please don't uh leia is a child right now and we've already kind of had that that dynamic before with uh padme and hey, hey, this is happening in the same time frame this is as happening on solo movie it I happens know, a year afterwards it just makes it even more weird that's yeah. what i'm saying i'm begging he's in his please late 20s and she's 10 don't show han Please don't give me that meta. If, um, if that actor showed back up, I would genuinely like nothing honestly, against him, listen, but I would laugh. So give me Han and anything else. Give me give me old Aaron Reich and anything else. There's still rumors this. of that. There's still rumors of that Lando show. If that Lando show happens, I want I want Han in that show. Like it yeah. it, it would make sense, and I, that's where I would want to see him. I want but, a buddy cop of those two in Chewie. Yes. Going back to Luke for a second, though, um, and with the his appearance in the book of Boba Fett, Mark Hamill didn't actually record new lines for that. It was all AI generated stuff, and they did the same thing here with to my boy James Earl Jones. And I don't know how I feel about I it. I just, oh my god, I did not notice because in one of my notes it says James Earl Jones actually sounds so much better than he did in Rogue One in this. <laughs> it's because they used AI to generate <laughs> this actually line. worked this actually worked it worked, better. it worked but it's creepy right this actually i think because he's a cyborg uh i think it works a little bit better but i like yeah. i like this significantly like more than trying to digitally recreate people's faces yes i agree yeah, getting both of those things at the same time with Luke was a little much. This this worked, but also finding that after the fact, I'm like, oh no! Forgot to say, don't do that, that, James Earl Jones. That actually worked here. I, I, really I know, like but it. I I worry I worry about the the future of this like is this. of like, oh, they're just always going to use this tech. I mean, and James yeah. Earl Jones, the estate of James Earl Jones, will just continue to run his voice into the muck through all of these Star Wars properties just because they can and they can make a quick buck off it. And I don't well, really I, like that. I do think Darth Vader is going to be used I, sparingly in the future. I hope so. Because, um, the more, frankly, it's, I think of like, you know, Darth Vader is supposed to be this terrifying, intimidating force. And oh my God, do we see that in this episode? We'll get to that in a second. The more you have him in things, the less intimidating he becomes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think they recognize that and are going to be like, okay, we've seen this. We'll keep using a bunch of like comics and stuff because like the comics love Vader, but a lot of it takes place within that era of you know the rebels actually fighting Vader specifically. Vader Immortal, real fun. Go read Vader down if you have not. It is amazing. Um, I don't see them using him a lot more though in live action. I just don't. Like it's it's a hard not. role to keep using. But do you know what I want to see? And what I what I said after Rogue One is the fact that I want a slasher movie starring Vader. 
and boy does it feel like a slasher movie starring vader in this oh my god it's just obi-wan running away from what is essentially jason Voorhees. i mean let's let's talk about like just the introduction of vader in this episode where he walks out pulls a man out of his house with the force his kid comes to try to save him he then proceeds to throw the man against the wall, killing him, and then snapping the kid's neck. Yeah. Vader has That's never Vader. been more intimidating than in this scene. I Listen, love it. This is he the scariest him. Vader's ever been, and I watched Rogue One a dozen times. He killed younglings. There's no there's no going back. There's no turning back from that. A yeah. friend of mine had said it in a really great way of like, in Rogue One, they were already terrified of Vader. This is the story that made them terrified of Vader. Yes. Yes. It's it's so good to see that being shown because I think we I think while in the originals, we do get the feeling that Vader is like this, this imposing force. We don't actually see that where I think that with this, it it works like Disney has worked itself so well to where like the times that they've used Vader, like actually used Vader, and I'm, I'm not talking about like Lego or anything, uh, but the times that like, they've actually used Vader, it feels earned. It feels haunting. It feels like the, he's there for the reason he's be- given Rogue One. Like it was kind of a fan servicey thing, but I think it served the story as well. It serves also where that that story ends up. Um, and I think they're doing a great job with Vader so far. Now, that being said, if they keep using him. You know they may fuck it up. I mean, I'm I'm happy if ev- all of his scenes are just him interacting with Riva and interacting with Obi Wan because that conversation they have of just like, what have you become? I am what you made me, and Vader dragging Obi Wan through the flames, just like on Mustafar when he got left at the side of the lava river. It's just like the parallels there. I'm just like, oh my, it's heartbreaking because you know he's only doing this because he feels this immense hate for Obi Wan because of the way things have gone. It's just. Oh, it, it, it oozes out of the screen, and I'm all for it. This burning rage. Uh, I think that was a little on the nose, to be fair. I, I well, But it I, was so good. But like, it's it was good, it but it was, it was a little on the nose. I'm like, all right, all on the right. Nose, this show, the first time we see Vader in this episode, is his, his super ridiculously evil-looking citadel on the Those lava red eyes, planet. Man. Those red yeah. eyes, I'm telling you. This show, it's, look. Star Wars is nothing if not on the nose. <laughs> this is fair. This is fair. Um, Nick, this is this. This is only the second time that Vader and Obi Wan have fought, and both times it's happened in Episode Three. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that's not yes. true. Yes. Episode Four, they fought. We're talking timeline. No, but in the timeline order, the second time they fight uh, is in Episode Three. Okay. Every- okay. okay. I do okay, love I that they did that though. That's like that was yeah. that was just cheeky enough. It's so yeah. on the nose and I'm so for it. Just like, like even just things like going back to the Quinlan Voss thing where he's reading that quote from the wall and just like the way I'm just like, oh, the, man. the quote, the quote is only when the eyes are closed. Can you truly see the way is the is the quote now, which is like straight out of Kane and Jairus's playbook from yeah. uh, Rebels. What do you think that means? Like uh, canonically? Because I think what it means is if you are blinded by what's come before, then you won't see what's coming ahead. I, would I think it's more so just like maybe we're already in the timeline portion of the timeline when Kanan Jarrus is blind and he went through here or some shit. I don't know. I mean, no, I, I think this has a deeper and especially like even when like another thing and it 
I might be reading into this a little bit, but uh, in episode four, when Luke goes to you know destroy the Death Star, he he turns off his radar. He loses himself to the Force, and that's what gets the the uh, missile into the or the whatever it is. Proton torpedo into the, the yeah exactly into into the hole basically and it's like wall if you give yourself, shooting motherfucking son of a gun I think that it also means like if you give yourself to the force and let the way like let it happen like kind of let it you know let it act you. through it, you like be an extension of all, the force yeah all will be like all will be revealed basically which is the whole thing Obi Wan's trying to teach Luke throughout the entirety of that movie blinding him when he's trying to use the training droid and all that stuff like. He's going to get to a point in this series where he closes his eyes and the force is just going to do crazy ass force flippy lightsaber crap when he's fighting Vader or, or, or Reva or an Inquisitor or something. It's going to be fucking badass. What mm-hmm. if it's not? What if though that's when he finally is able to talk to uh, Qui-Gon? I think so. I think that's also another. Oh, that would make a lot more sense, honestly, with how much he reached out to him in the first episode. It's going to happen. Like, we're getting Liam Neeson in this show one way or another. Yeah. And I'm so. At the very least, it's the voice. At the very least, it's like. No, it's. No, I need full on forced ghost. It has to be. I think it will be, but at the very least. And if they they do have full on forced ghost, this will be. It will be genuinely impressive that they've been able to Mm -hmm. keep that a secret for so long. I mean, they, they did it with Luke. True. They did it with Ahsoka. Uh, they didn't do it as well with Ahsoka. Like, they're, but they're pulled. Well, I mean, they, that they was basically some, to build up casting. Um, yeah. They released that casting. No, but I love that they're pulling these, like, they, like, Marvel made a big deal about what's her name playing Contessa de la Grande Fontaine in, like, the, in that stuff. And they made this big Julie deal. Louise Dreyfus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like they would be like, oh yeah, we shuttled them in like a box and some shit. I love that Star Wars is doing this and just not saying anything. They're like, oh yeah, this is a normal over <laughs> over here, like because we want to give fans that hype moment of oh shit, I did not see that coming. A hundred percent. Um, and I think the what was I gonna say? Oh shit, I almost I almost lost it. I got it. Um. Another thing that I want to say about the the Quinlan Voss thing is uh, just the wall, I guess, is there is actually in Arabesh, if, if you can read Arabesh, there's three other Jedi that are named that um, have made it out of Order 66. And they're actually Jedi from a Legends novel um, that is uh, is called The Children of the Jedi. Uh, that came out in 1995. Their names are Valen, Halcyon, uh, Raganda, Ismarin, and Din Atlantis, I believe. Uh, and one of them you are on, such a uh, fucking Star Wars nerd. I, let me tell you. Let me Why tell you. I did my research. I did my research. I know. I did my research. Given I do not know these names, I have not. I do not read books. Uh, you you know, read? I, my, I do I not my read knowledge. books. I, I get all my knowledge from the internet. Uh, it's led to many great things, many awful things. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, these one of these characters um, it goes on to be the father of uh, someone from the the New Jedi Order, uh, Coran Horn, uh, who is a part of uh, Luke's. Uh, uh, 
you know, Jedi Academy. That's what I was trying to say. So much, so much information of like things that just don't know about Star Wars. And they don't. I'm sure they don't really matter. It's just a nod to like those. They're they're Easter they, eggs yeah. to the extended continuity, which is no longer within the canon of Star right. Wars. Right. Um, Star Wars loves to poke nods and loves referencing legends. They they will continue to do that for all of eternity at this point. Uh, speaking of another fun fact, and this is the last fun fact I have. Or facts, the furious. Um, and in early early screenplay of Return of the Jedi, uh, and this is just going back to uh, Obi-Wan talking about his brother, in the early screen, uh, screenplay of Return of the Jedi, Owen Lars, Luke's adoptive uncle and Anakin's stepbrother, has, was revealed as Obi-Wan's biological brother, uh, which is actually, it, wasn't, it didn't actually obviously get into the screenplay. But it is in the novelization, but it was decanonized as like a, you know, a, a mistelling from Obi-Wan. Um, what he told you is true from a certain point of view, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's a little fun little fact with that. You know, you got the Owen Lars thing happening with the uh, Star Wars canon is weird. Hell, an author just canonized Blitzball in Star Wars. Dude, that uh, made me so happy. And also, the the author of Queen of Hope has has said that canonically, Baby Shark exists <laughs> yeah. within yeah. Star Wars canon. Yes. <laughs> so uh, great. Standing, Star Wars canon. I think people are finally starting to realize that Star Wars canon is stupid. It's and silly, and none of it matters. Yeah. And I cannot, I cannot wait for the next theatrical Star Wars film being directed by Taika Waititi. Next year cannot come any sooner. That's the next yeah. Star Wars film coming. That out? is the yep. next theatrical Star Wars release. Is Taika's movie? Yep. And we don't even know what it is yet. I, mean, I love it. I'm so here for it. I got one more thing I want to talk about with this episode, and that's very specifically uh, Reva, and kind of her story within all of this, because she got majorly sidelined this week. Yep. We had that one setting up for a big episode next week, though, with the yeah. way it ends. Mm -hmm. I really. I hope they don't sidetrack, sideline her like they did this for the rest of the season. Just because I really do like this character. And I think we're going to get a at least somewhat interesting ending to this story. I mean, you know, it's a revenge story. You can only get so interesting with those. But we also know where the story ends, which it takes some of the joy out of it for me because we know it ends with Luke and Leia safe and Obi-Wan chilling on Tatooine, being a crazy old Uncle Ben and all that jazz. Uh, I do expect this next episode to just be Tala and Obi-Wan trying to hunt down Reva and, and Leia and yeah. jumping back and forth between the two pairs and Leia kind of instilling some hope in, in Reva and, and maybe she turns her back on the dark side or something. Nah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, there's good in you. I know it. Um, and I also I do want to comment. I, I missed it uh, before, but when Obi-Wan is talking about his his family, I mean, for the first time, uh, he acknowledges uh, that he has a family. He, yeah, he has a family. Has a family. Uh, you know, pre Jedi training. Uh, it's interesting. I think it's both interesting, like character wise, and uh, for the overall story, because like this this order that he's literally he's only has rumblings of his family, and uh, these like the fact that he doesn't really know anything about them, and the the force, the forced um, like. Like uh, the forced, uh, not like the, to be a, remove all attachments, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Couldn't find the word. Um, but um, kind of is also the downfall because then it like you invest yourself into this thing that you think is infallible. 
it leads to things like Obi-Wan basically being this, you know, this thing that he only knows for his entire life just gets obliterated and is the reason that it got obliterated. Um, I think is so powerful for um for the the entirety and the addition of of the story. Um provides that more perspective as well, just from from a Jedi who's like literally been in it from day one, uh, rather than just like Anakin, where it's like he's been in there since he's like 10, you know, so it's like, uh, you know. Like they literally make a point to be like, oh, he's too old to be a Padawan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So well, it kind of, kind of provides like the scummy side of the Jedi as well. Well, it's interesting too. It's like there, there's two sides to any argument and there's two sides to the force, right? Cause we even know going back to Quinlan Voss again, cause we all know we want to see him in live action. And see, it'd be awesome. Like he's a Jedi that turned away from the, from he turned to the dark side. Right. And ended up finding his way back. So like there is this fluidity to the Jedi, the way of the, the, the path of the Jedi and the ways of the Sith. And I, I totally expect Leia to, to bring Reva back or Reva, Reva. I, I don't, I got to figure Reva. out how to pronounce this dang name. It's Reva. Reva? It's yeah. Reva? Okay. Look, in best um, case Bring her scenario, back to the light. I don't think we're going to see this, but I would love to see the turn of Reva, like, happen within this episode and Google. actually get to see her purify her kyber crystal. <laughs> nah, and that's nah, what nah. I'm very specifically going for with, with this. Okay. I want to see that in live action Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's something we've gotten to see played with with the Clone Wars. I mean, like, there's the story with Ahsoka in particular of after she leaves that her she gets her new kyber crystals from two sith and purifies himself yada 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 we're gonna be seeing that in tales of the jedi oh my so, god that's i'm so excited so, i want to see yeah. it it's gonna, it's such a cool idea i i don't think she turns this episode my 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 expectation for the end of this series is that she will help obi-wan in the final exactly. confrontation with vader help them get away and that is what redeems her even though she ends up falling in that battle yeah, yeah. i i agree i think i think she uh she gets certain point of view did by uh yeah by uh obi-wan and leia and uh kind of provides that perspective and it's like oh shit am i doing this all wrong and then she's the one who ends up fighting uh vader at the end and falls unfortunately yeah i fully agree like i think your guess is what will actually happen i just want to see a kyber crystal change no i th- please i think that i think we'll also see that happen i'd, lo- like, I'd, I'd love i'd love to see them in that battle like that yeah. is the way this thing ends yeah i 100 yeah blue and green against red let's go yeah, yeah i well, think we'll it, see that go ahead sorry wouldn't it be blue and white does yeah. it have to be i thought i could cure i thought i could purify to any color I don't know. That's why I'm, I'm like legitimately asking. I think it goes to white. I want to no. say purified, but yeah, whatever. Uh, we we'll figure that it, out. It, none of it matters because we haven't seen it in live action. It could become friggin' rainbow colored for all we know. It's June. They're, just they're just they're do fictional it. Fictional characters. Fictional characters. It doesn't. It's matter. all it's made so up, much. and the words don't matter mm-hmm. unless they matter to you, like they do to Nick. Mm-hmm. Space wizards and laser swords. Space wizards and laser sword. A, sh- a movie series made for children. Uh, just to remind everybody. Yeah. Before anyone comes for our heads of being like, this is stupid and for children. It's literally made for children. Anyways, no. we've been going a little bit long for this episode, so it's about time I'm to tie wrap tie. things up. Thanks for joining us t- this week, Mitch and Nick. I mean, I join you every week, but yeah, it's been a pleasure. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. People want to find us. Where can people find us? We are on Twitter at D plus us. Griffin is over there at Griffy Pad. That's G R I F F I D P A D. Nick is all over the place at Shotgun McPain, and I can be found at Mr. Mitch George. Links at MitchGeorge.com. Thank you very much for listening. It has been a ball. Next week, we'll, we'll be actually releasing these at a proper time in relation to that series. Will we, though? We will. Because oh, next week, it, we, we are will. also starting our Miss Marvel Disney Plus Watch Club. Listen, we'll do it. Look, we're going to figure that out. All right. We're going to write all the notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We are going to be talking about Miss Marvel starting next week as well. So that means it's going to be two weekly episodes. Oh, you can but... still expect our bi-weekly have a guest on talk about something on Disney Plus. I think our latest episode was Sorcerer's Apprentice. Will be Sorcerer's will be Apprentice. Sorcerer's Timing Apprentice. is weird. Sorcerer's Apprentice does come out on Tuesday. Keep an eye out for that. I'm imagining yes. that after we stop recording tonight. So, And if you have anything you would like to talk about that's on that there Disney Plus streaming service, please reach out to any of us except Nick because he's really only here for Star Wars. Because uh, we'd love to have you on as a guest. We We, we are running out of runway we are heading into the summer of fun with Lightyear and with thor love and thunder and would love to have you on to talk about either those things or anything else that's already out there on that there disney plus with that we're gonna go we've got plenty to work on and we can't wait for y'all to hear what we have in the future but until then have a magical day <laughs>